The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. In the next hour, you'll hear from some phenomenal people and healthcare leaders and learn how their challenges became opportunities. Our goal is to show you how you can positively influence your own life experience and purpose and achieve success. And now, here is your host, Danielle Delaney. Hi, welcome to my show. This is The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney, and I am your host, Danielle Delaney. Today, the spotlight is on my guest, Erica Sweet. Erica is a Duke Certified Integrative Health Coach from the Duke School of Integrative Medicine, a mindfulness teacher and the founder of Sweet Science Living, an inspirational lifestyle brand with the goal of empowering people of all ages to live their best lives through the practice of mindful living. Erica's enthusiasm for living modern and mindful lives naturally just radiates to her clients and it makes her a sought-after and trusted resource for inspiration, guidance, and empowerment. And we are on the Empowerment Network. And she does everything she can in helping her sweet community to live their best lives. Erica has a thriving one-on-one coaching practice, teaches meditation classes, leads workshops, which she has coined sweet shops, and, uh, and hosts modern and mindful events from coast to coast. Erica, welcome. I'm so delighted to have you. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks, Danielle, for inviting me. Oh, I'm just so glad to have you. I enjoyed sitting in one of your classes, and I have questions, so I thought I may as well put you on, and then other people can ask you some of the things I have questions about with meditation, and and then they can also just sort of learn from you. So you have people listening that may not know anything about it. I know when I first learned about meditation, I am an Angelino. You know, I'm born and bred, born and raised Angelino. My parents are East Coasters, and I just, I always thought, what is this navel-gazing? Like, what is this meditation? What is it? There's a huge meditation temple down the street from me, and I, I know people who swear by it, and I'm just, I've, I've been getting my feet wet, it, wet with it the first couple years, I guess, I'm into it. So can you tell me, like, what is meditation? What do you tell people about it? What is meditation? Well, there's all kinds of meditation. I practice and teach mindful meditation. Okay. And, yeah, and mindful meditation, you know, it's how I look at it is really it's a lifestyle choice, and it's a skill, and mm-hmm. it's an approach to health and well-being. And what you're really doing is it's like a, it's a, it's a gentle way of observing what is happening in the present moment in our minds and in our bodies and in the world around us mm-hmm. with an open mind and without any judgments. And by paying attention to our thoughts and our emotions in this way, we become more aware of them, mm-hmm. less wrapped up in them, and more able to manage them. So as a result, we begin to, from the practice of meditation, we begin to create this pause okay. between our thoughts and our actions, giving us the opportunity to choose how we would like to respond 
rather than just react okay. in any of our life's happenings. And we kind of, it kind of, it, it's a practice that helps us to kind of not live in autopilot and just really be more present to Being life. self-aware. Yeah, more aware and more present. And um, mindful meditation or the awareness of breath meditation is really quite simple. Shall I tell you the five simple steps to it? Because it's really quite simple. Yeah, I would love that because really, you know, what you're saying rings, rings so true for me personally and also because I work with a lot of addiction and recovery. I work with trauma survivors from violent crime. I work with so many different areas in my private counseling practice and I send sober companions to people. I, have a, I own a sober companioning company and I know that we often, I, I hire a lot of people that are very, very spiritual and have, I have a spiritual counselor, I have a few nurses, but all of them, when I've vetted them and interviewed them and hired them, they have a strong meditation practice and a strong belief in it. And I understand the army uses it now. And I know that all of the rehab facilities that I hold in the highest esteem have meditation classes and practice it. So it it really does seem that it's able to help ground people in the present moment. So it, it, it seems so helpful. So I would love to hear more about these, about these steps that you're talking about. Feel free. Yeah, well, I'll get back to the five steps because just, you know, to jump on what you were just saying, you know, I think what it's really, just from my own personal experience, mm-hmm. it, what it has really helped me do in life is to want, there's two major things. Like one is to gain control of my thoughts and my emotions, right? Mm. It's kind of what I just said. So um, because I practice and teach behavior change, it's very important to be aware Mm -hmm. of your thoughts and your emotions. And again, by practicing these very simple but not always easy steps to meditation, you begin to be able to just be more aware and then therefore more present and you can make more mindful decisions. Right, more mindful choices and decisions. I liked what you said about responding rather than reacting because that's something especially after someone has been in residential treatment for addiction and the aftercare process which which I help facilitate is uh, you know really reframing your life, reframing how you look at things and and responding rather than reacting because you're learning new tools to lead your life in a way that that is healthier and where you have choices because I think their old choice which was addictive choices and unhealthy choices, those are gone now, but they need new tools to replace them. So meditation is definitely something I introduce, and I think I've used the Simply Being app. Other than taking your class, the Simply mm-hmm. Being app is all I've ever used. It's on my iPad, and it's great, but I just kind of, yeah, I'd love to hear what these five steps are. Let's talk about that. Tell, me, tell us about that. Perfect. So five steps. So, so simple. You basically want to find a place where mm-hmm. you have limited distractions and no interruptions, right? So you want to just kind of be able to uh, give yourself the gift of having your own little personal space for any given amount of time that you set um, that you're going to sit for. So step one, in a space where you've done your best to eliminate these distractions or interruptions, just get into a comfortable position. Mm-hmm. And there's no, you know. Depending, you, this is really a personal practice, so people need to explore with it whether they like to sit or lie down. It's all good. Okay. It's, and then there's some tips for if you lie down, how not to fall asleep, but we can get into that another <laughs> time. Um, and then step number two is to set your timer. 
for however long, whether it's five minutes or 20 minutes. You know, you could start with three minutes a day and work your way up to, you know, 20 minutes is, some, is, is, is a good amount of time to work up to. Mm-hmm. And then you simply close your eyes and then connect to the sensation of your breath. Mm-hmm. Lightly resting your attention wherever you feel your breath most predominantly. So some people feel it, you know, when they breathe, they feel a slight tingling um, in their nose if they breathe in or they breathe out or maybe mm-hmm. warmth, uh, uh, coolness as they breathe in and warmth as they breathe out. Or some people feel it more in their chest as it rises and falls with each breath. And other people feel it maybe in their belly as it expands and contracts. So really all you want to do is start to notice where you feel your breath the most and make that your anchor for the mm-hmm. exact amount of time that you're going to sit. And then what will happen is your attention will wander away from your breath. And mm-hmm. that is a given. But then you gently notice that your mind has wandered and you bring it back to your anchor, to your breath. Okay. And that is the practice. So whenever the true practice is whenever your mind wanders away from your breath mm-hmm. and, you, and you notice that it has wandered, just bringing it back to your breath. And that is the practice of awareness of breath or mindful meditation. Okay. Yeah. So are those the five steps? Are those really pretty much what we're supposed to be doing when we're doing that? Because I know in your class there were some questions, and I asked one of them too, and I want to ask you those. But, um, but is that, does that pretty much cover the, first, the five steps that you believe are the steps to mindful meditation? Yes, I'll just wrap them up. So you will need to find a space where you've limited any distractions or interruptions. You want to set your timer, close your eyes, connect to the sensation of your breath, and when your attention wanders, which it will, gently mm-hmm. guide it back to your breath. And, you know, a lot of times I refer to um, meditation as physical fitness for your brain. So okay. it is, as you're, every time you notice your thoughts and you bring it back to your breath, that is when you're changing the chemistry in your brain. That is when you're building the muscle that allows you to become present in any given moment. So you can make this mindful choice. It allows you to, yeah, it allows you to lessen your stress when you need to lessen your stress. It allows you to, you're really, you're literally, I mean, it's science-based, which is one of the reasons I call my company Sweet Science, Mm -hmm. is that it is science-based. I mean, with with MRIs, right, now they could study and see how mindful meditation and people that are practicing, how that changes the gray matter in your brain. So you're literally changing. Yeah, so it's just like lifting a weight, right? Mm-hmm. You lift a, a five-pound weight and you're building your biceps, right? Right. And it's the same thing when you note every time you, you're meditating and your mind wanders and you bring it back to your breath, you're exercising your brain and you're building new muscles. I like that. I like how you said it's like a it's like an exercise for your brain, and that it's the breath work is so important. I mean, even as I was just listening to you just now, I was starting to and to sort of be more, more paying more attention to my breath because I talk for a living. Whether it's in in a therapy session, leading a group session, doing a phone session, or doing a radio show, I talk for a living, and I'm a trained voiceover artist. So sure. I also don't take a lot of deep breaths because you're. 
I'm trained not to, but I find myself, I've done breath work before with therapists and it's, it's because I know I find myself holding my breath. I find myself not, not, not paying attention to it, but I can be driving or doing anything and I'll notice, I think I'm holding my breath. I'm not breathing as often as I should. So I really do have to do more meditation and more breath work. And that's, that's really interesting, the science behind it, that that's when, I guess, brain mapping can show you that it's, that it really is adjusting and kind of a workout for your brain. I really like the way you phrase that. Absolutely. And they also know that, you know, there used to be a theory that, you know, your mind is formed at a very young age and you can't really change the pathways. But now all the studies are showing that no matter how old you are, I mean, as you know, there's studies and there's a lot of work being done um, with the elderly and Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's, because mm-hmm. this really does, or any kind of memory, you know, yeah, at, at any age. So um, with, it, it really does improve your focus and your memory, and, it's, it's, and as I said, it's, it's science-based. So just by practicing for five minutes a day, the studies show that you could create new pathways in your brain. I like that. I read a lot about neuroplasticity and changing the pathways to your brain, and and um, and my colleague Erica Spiegelman wrote an amazing book. I had her on the show. It's called Rewired, and it's yes. a bold new approach to addiction and recovery. And um, I, all of the things I've read through her book and through other things I've studied about neuroplasticity and being able to retrain your brain really kind of leads me to believe there's just so much science to this, and I read the science about it, but the way you're explaining it is so cohesive and comprehensive, so it's really good. And yeah, I wanted to very, ask... Oh, sorry, hmm? go ahead. No, it's fine. What were you going to say? I was going to say that I don't work with, um, with addictive um, in that field, right? Um, but I would imagine that there's a lot of living on autopilot, Right. And I would imagine that meditation and being able to become more aware of your triggers and your patterns mm-hmm. would really be a helpful to- tool to um, people with those challenges. Absolutely, yeah, because they have, to re- they have to begin again. When I send the companions home with them, I do recommend that they find, you know, some sort of emotional calming something, whether it's breath work with a therapist, whether it's a meditation class. I encourage them to do yoga and meditation, although I have to admit I don't do enough of it myself, but I do do it. I just don't do enough of it. And I need to add more of that in because I do a lot and I think it will be a calming, soothing thing. I try to do it before I go to sleep with the app, but going to your class was quite the experience. I loved going to Ron Robinson and watching you lead that class. You did a beautiful job of it, Thank first of you. all. You're welcome. And I'm going to address some of the questions people asked there because they were completely the questions that I wanted to ask, but I remained quiet and trying to meditate. But I love that they had these questions. And one woman did ask, and I'm sure listeners might be thinking the same, what about when your mind won't be quiet during meditation? And I remember what your answer was, but I'd love you to tell everyone else because that happens 
every time I start, I mean, I can have the app on for maybe, you know, simply being, I'll, I'll try to do it for 10 minutes. And the entire first three minutes, I'm thinking about whether I put the clothes in the washer or in the dryer, what time is my next session, uh, who's coming in the morning, where am I taking a meeting or a tour of a facility, and did I get in touch with that companion? Did they arrive okay with my company? So it, it's just my mind races, and it's very hard to find the quiet corner of my mind. I, I manage, but it's tough. And so what do you tell people who don't have the ability to slow their brain down? What, what do they do in your class to start that? Good question. So one Thank of the you. myths about meditation, about mindful meditation, is that you're going to be able to turn your mind off. Mm-hmm. And that simply doesn't happen. Our minds are trained to think. That's what mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So through the practice of mindful meditation, I promise you, your thoughts will come to everybody. Even okay, good, Lama. because they sure do. <laughs> they right. Sure do. I mean, the Dalai Lama is like, you know, he has life and things happening too and schedules and, and, you know, real life happenings, and I'm sure they come to mind. The practice with mindful meditation is when you... I'm going to repeat my this because this is, it's very simple, it's just mm-hmm. not easy, is that when your thoughts come, whether it's your to-do list or all the lists that you just mentioned of mm-hmm. life, uh, you're hungry, your back hurts, all these things, you know, are going to come throughout your meditation. It's simply noticing that your mind has wandered, and when you notice that, bring it back to the breath. And you had mentioned it before, with being sober, it's beginning mm-hmm. again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And there are certain attributes or attitudes towards mindful meditation, and one of them is non-judgment. So any meditation you do is a mm-hmm. good meditation. I like that. No judgments, right. There's no judgments. So, so you can't do it wrong. You can't do it wrong no matter what. You can't, no you can't what. do it wrong, right. As long as you sat down... And I really do suggest setting your timer so you're not wondering how long, you know, so you don't get <laughs> that thought onto your mind, like, oh, my God, how long am I? Is it, what, one minute, ten minutes, you know? So set your timer so you don't have to think about that. Okay. Um, but, and, and thoughts will come. And as soon as you notice them, you bring them back to your breath. And that is the practice. That is the, that is, that's when the change is happening. That's the magic is when you notice that your mind has wandered and you brought it back. So no judgment is one of the attitudes of mindful uh, of mindfulness. Another one is not striving because, mm-hmm. you know, there's no such, there's no Academy Award for best meditator. <laughs> right? I, I certainly would not win it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no judgment because there's no wrong way. If you sit, as I said, there's no, you know, any meditation is a good meditation. So you're not striving. You're not striving to empty your mind. You're not striving to do anything. You're striving to sit, follow your breath. When your mind wanders, you bring it back. I love it because I'm so task-oriented. That's exactly what I need to hear for myself. And, um, and just the idea that there is no wrong way to do it because I'm thinking, am I doing this right? What about this? What about that? Should I be seated differently? And, and then what? You know, what am I doing okay. after this? And I shouldn't be thinking about what I'm yes. doing after this. But, but it's okay. Once you notice you're thinking about that, Mm-hmm. And you bring it back to your breath without judgment. You just you're meditating. You're you're practicing mind, mindfulness. Okay, so and, just you know, in the act the other, of coming back to your breath, that's mindful meditation. That is, and then 
And you'll notice, well, so the other, you know, two other of the um, attitudes of mindfulness is patience. Okay. I like that. Right? So patience. You just have to be patient that you're there, you're there for this 5, 10, 20 minutes that you're going to be, and just have patience. And trust. Trust that it's working. That's another one of the seven attributes. Mm -hmm. Trust that it's working and that by paying attention on purpose, something is happening. And I promise you, I get the chills when I say it because if you could sit down for five minutes a day, and that's what I also help people with, is as a Duke Certified Integrative Health Coach, mm-hmm. um, the process for is basically I work with people on behavior change, and the, the one of the many behavior changes I work on <laughs> is in creating this practice of meditation because mindfulness is at the core of the Duke program. Mm-hmm. So, um, so really being patient and trusting and I, I just lost my train of thought. That's so okay. Going with that? I just, I Help love me, what you Danielle. were saying. Where was I just going with that? It's okay. <laughs> but the thing is, is that the, the things you're saying, patience and trust, those are some right. of my personal difficult ones that I've had to overcome. I actually have, you know, those bracelets, the um, what's your word, my intent, those mm-hmm. bracelets. It's a great company. And I got, um, I got one. They, they hammer in a word for you, and it's a circle that you wear on your wrist on a string. And okay. I was at a, at a holiday event at Soho House, and the guy was there selling them, or his representatives were there selling them. And I got one, and I, you could choose any word, and I chose focus for a mm-hmm. necklace and trust for the bracelet. And then patience, I can tell you a funny story. There was a gardener planting something outside of a cottage I owned at one point, or that I was renting, actually. And I said, what are those? And he said, they're called impatience. And they were very cute flowers, <laughs> but I said, the last thing I need is more impatience. I don't want those outside the door. So it was sort of a... a superstition I had that don't give me less patience, don't bring me impatience, because that's been a challenge my entire life. I want everything yesterday, which is great as someone who's a crisis interventionist and counselor, because I motivate people to get well and to, you know, not to stagnate and let's let's do this. But it is tough as far as meditation. So I, I like that, that trust and patience are part of it, just trusting the process that it is doing something. That's, that's huge. That's huge. Right. And it's interesting because the, all the attitudes, the, basically the seven attitudes, I think I've maybe mentioned mm-hmm. four or five of them, they all roll over into your into your everyday life, you know, um, right. non-judging, patience, trust, non-striving, beginner's And not mind. being in a hurry, slowing yes. down in this world. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, everyone's cutting each other off in traffic, you know, and we're in Los Angeles, so here the traffic is ridiculous. There's... Saturday Night Live sketches about it. There's all sorts of stories about L.A. traffic and how, how we, talk, we talk about it all the time because it's ridiculous, and you just get used to it. But it's, it's the impatience, and people being impatient is really such an unhealthy thing, and that is one that I've gotten, become very aware of and I've gotten much better about is that when I'm in the car, I give myself ample time, and I just say I'm not in a hurry if I'm at the market or the car, and they're always startled by that, someone who's right. not in a hurry, but it's so much healthier not to be in a hurry and to just kind of be in the moment 
and when I get there, I'll be in that moment then. But it's just, um, I think that's all very helpful. Now, what about, um, I remember someone in the class asked you, and I, I thought, oh, good, I'm glad they asked so I don't have to. A woman asked, and she raised her hand and said, what if my foot falls asleep? Or what if my, you know, what is this? And then I'm focusing on my foot falling asleep or my leg is asleep or it's just that, that awkward, tingly feeling and you want to bang it on the floor. But it's that stillness for 20 minutes of the class or, you know, what, what, do, what do you recommend when that happens? I recommend if your foot falls asleep or you have some kind of real discomfort to just move and get comfortable and come back to it and begin again. There's no real rules. There's no okay, wrong way of doing it. Um, and the, But there's also, I have a little bit of a but there. Sometimes my, you know, I notice that my foot is, probably every day my foot falls asleep <laughs> um, to different degrees. And, or I have an itch or something, some physical um experience pulls me out of my meditation. Mm-hmm. And if you just for a moment take your focus away from your breath and mm-hmm. focus on your foot or that itch, mm-hmm. it's very interesting because it often will dissipate. Mm-hmm. And it's something you have to experience with. And then you have to use your common sense. Do I have to move <laughs> my foot? <laughs> There's no reason to torture yourself in meditation. Move. You know, just begin again. No big deal. Close your eyes, get comfortable, start, begin again. Good. That's a perfect answer because I know there are people that are doing exactly what I'm doing and they're thinking, okay, you know, my foot is asleep. I don't want to disturb the person on their mat next to me or on their chair or lying down. And, and then you start thinking about the person next to you and that you like their scarf or, oh, what does she, what does she do for a living or what is he about? And, and everything wanders because of one tingle in my toe. And I just, I know I need to, you know, stretch my toe and flex my feet and move around, but then I feel like I'm disruptive. So that's, that's the perfect answer. There is no wrong way and to just move around a little bit. And I have right. a few more questions about that. Wait, uh, just I'm gonna, can I just jump on that for a second? Um, sure, first? we have to go to a quick break, but sure. Okay, do you want to take a break and then come back? or? Yeah, let's take a quick break and come back with that. And before we take the break, I would love you to give out your web address, and then we'll come back. Okay, wonderful. My website address is Sweet. S-W-E-E-T, com. Okay, perfect. We will be taking a very quick break, and we'll be right back with Erica Sweet speaking about meditation and modern and mindful living. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you think you've seen online TV before... 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. If you'd like to connect with Danielle, feel free to send an email to Danielle at gmail.com. That's Danielle at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, we're back. You're listening to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney, and this is Danielle. And I have my guest with me today, Erica Sweet of Sweet Science Living. She's a mindfulness teacher and the founder of Sweet Science Living. And, and we're talking about meditation, mindful living. And I was right before the break, I was asking about things like when your foot falls asleep, when your mind wanders, just all the little things that make me feel like I need, I need to be doing something differently. And Erica was explaining that there's no wrong way to do this. So let's continue with that, Erica. I'm wondering, what if, and this is a, this is a long shot, but it's something that can happen to me, you know, what if suddenly you think of something funny and you're sitting there meditating, you're in a room full of people trying to be mindful and breathe. It's much like when you're at a theater or a movie theater or a play and something comes to you. It's like a Seinfeld episode. There's actually one about that where something, it just makes you start feeling like you're going to laugh and it's inappropriate. It's not what you should be doing. What, what do you do? I know what I tell clients to do if something like that's going on, but I'm wondering what you tell them to do in, in a meditative setting. Right. Well, it actually has happened, and <laughs> um, it was very interesting because, obviously, it did kind of feel like a disruption to the energy, mm-hmm. but you really just roll with it, and I literally just tapped her, and I said, you know, maybe you want to go out and then come back in. <laughs> You know, and then through my guided meditation that I'm working, you know, the room with, the class mm-hmm. with, I really just say, you know, okay, you know, this is real life. Because we, we really do have distractions. As we were talking about earlier, there's construction, there's a dog, there's this, there's a right. itch, there's the foot, there's the laughter, there's, you know, I've had someone start to cry. I mean, it can, different things do happen when you try to, you know, get centered and present and quiet mm-hmm. and follow your breath. And, you know, depending on the situation is move your legs, step <laughs> out of the room, and every, what, you, what you realize with everybody in the room who is meditating is they also just begin again. Find your breath, bring it back to your breath, and begin again. And good. that's it. Good. Yeah, that's really good advice though. because it's, I it's did really, think about that. I did think... Yeah. Oh God! You know, what if it's what if I'm the one? I don't want to be the one. Or what if someone else does that? Because if someone else starts laughing, you know how that is. It's contagious, and you start laughing that they're laughing because you know they're embarrassed. And I've had that happen in movie theaters or a theater, you know, going to a play, and it, and someone just has an outburst, and then it's kind of hard to stop. So. Yeah, I just Danielle. wanted to kind of see what that's like. <laughs> Danielle, I once disrupted my own class. I tripped over somebody's shoes <laughs> while I was kind of pacing through the class and moving around, and it was 
loud and, you know, disruptive of my own class. So we all laughed, and we just came back to the present moment and back to our breaths. And, you know, it's just a very, it's not all woo-woo and serious. Good. You know, it's really just a fun way to learn a skill that could lessen your stress, improve your memory, help you be present and, you know, improve your relationships, you know, just so many, so many things. I like that. that. Well, that's a very good answer. And on that note, I wanted to ask you, Tell me a little bit about what you were doing before in your, in your history, in your career, and when and how that shift came to you that you decided this is what you want to do. Because I know it, with anyone, sometimes like I was forcibly redirected, forcefully re- redirected to a different <laughs> career, which uh-huh. I'm in now. But I know, you know when I was younger, I did so many different things. I was actually a, massage, a trained massage therapist for a while. I was an actor for a while. I, was, I think people do go through transitions in life where they... The, uh, people, human beings have many careers over a lifetime, and I never think there's anything wrong with that. And um, this is mine. I definitely have found my sweet spot, to coin your, mm-hmm. your name, and <laughs> sweet it. science. And it's a wonderful thing when you find that sweet spot and you know this is exactly where you want to be. You're excited to do it every day. I, I don't know what to do when I don't have clients. I, I do mindful things, but it's, um, you know, if I'm not doing something for my corporation or for my practice, I really do love it. And so that's when you know it's right. How did you get to a place from what you used to do, and tell me about that, to what you do now? It's just kind of interesting to me. Yeah, I feel the same way as you, that I really feel uh, grateful that that I'm in this business and I really do love it and enjoy it, Um, which was not, you know, so how I got here. So I was basically like a super, I had a super successful career in entertainment marketing and advertising for over 20 years. Wow, that's so and, different. That's so different. Yes, so different. it was very different. And um, the funny thing was that every three years of the 20 years, I would leave the industry for a year and try to find a path with heart because I never felt that that that, that career was fulfilling and purposeful. Mm-hmm. But, however, I would always return back to it because it was safe and it was what I knew and it was yeah. what how I made money, you know, and as a independent woman um, and a single woman with responsibilities at the end of my exploration of the year that I would take off for several mm-hmm. years, you know, I would always go back. Um, but I had bought a house on the west side of, you know, Los Angeles and um, I was in my mid-30s and I always just felt like I had to go back. Mm-hmm. So finally, I really just hit a wall one day and I was like, I just couldn't do this anymore. And it was a very lucky time. Um, I had saved enough money, and I was in a long-term relationship with somebody who really cared about my health and happiness Mm -hmm. and really was very supportive of me taking a risk of changing my career and getting out of my safe spot. So... um, so I really started exploring again and working with my own coach mm-hmm. and my practice, my meditation practice, and I came across this program at Duke, which, um, which is you know the certification to be an integrative health coach, and what mm-hmm. spoke to me so much about this program was that it was based in mindfulness, mm-hmm. that you really can't make a change in your life without a sense of awareness of where you want to go, what your values are what's important to you, 
mm-hmm. in order to make a lasting change. And I also loved the process because it was a it was a process. I wasn't just going to change my career and say, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it up and tell people my own advice. It was, mm-hmm. a, it was a very scientific, Duke-studied um, coaching process, which basically helps you become an expert in the art of behavior change. So I went back to school, and mm-hmm. I learned this, and I absolutely fell, you know, 100% into it and passionate about it and, and loved it, loved the program, and now I still do integrative health coaching, but what I found, uh, at, because obviously it's all connected, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's interesting because after I do, like, a four, I do four-week workshops of Introduction to Mindfulness, Mm-hmm. And at the end of my workshop, I always ask people, well, what is the most challenging thing that you're finding about mindful living? Mm-hmm. And they say, doing it. So that's where... <laughs> so they can they learn about do... it, but it's applying it. Okay. Right. Just like you said, like, you know it, you do it, you know, you have done it. But, you know, it really, it, it really is something, it's a daily practice. Of course, life happens. You miss a day here, you know, no judgments, or you miss a week, you, could, you begin again. But it really is just like if you don't work out, you don't lift that, that, that weight, your muscle atrophies. So the same thing. So what I work with people, this is where the integrative health coaching comes into the mindfulness teaching, is that I work with people in being able to incorporate this new lifestyle change, this new habit, into their everyday life. See, now that, so, that sounds perfect for so many people, but I'd like mm-hmm. to know who your target audience is, or is it pretty much everyone? Like, tell me, tell me a little story, like a little anecdote about a client who really reaped the benefits of this so it's relatable, because I know that um, I would think that maybe mothers who are, have harried lives chasing kids and dropping off and picking up and that they're forgetting about themselves, and I'm not a mother, but I know so many of them, and I know that's the most important job in the world. They have so little time to themselves. And then there's people like myself, that my business is my child and that it's, I have a few businesses and my practice and I'm working and it takes time to really pull myself back to center and ground myself. But I, I do, do, do that, but it's not easy. And I'd love to know, who do you look at as a target audience and tell a little bit about someone who said they really, you know, that it changed their lives and it really helped them? Yes, right. Well, I'll tell you that I, I believe, because I've been in business for many years, mm-hmm. um, you know, typical, you know, regular, you know, sales and business development, and I've had my own businesses before I entered into this, um, you know, area of expertise. And having a focus, a target audience, is, is really important. And I really have to say, I haven't totally done that yet because it's so helpful to so many different people. So I'm also trained to teach kindergarten to 12th grade, and that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, but, I mean, so I really do work with a, an array of people, men, women, young, older, um, and so, so I, I would love to be like, this is my targeted audience and anybody out there. <laughs> but really, I do. There's mindful parenting. There's, you know, mindfulness for teenagers. I was working last summer with um, a small group in New Jersey of teenagers who, um, you know, were beginning to study for their SATs. So helping them become more mindful and focused and be able to improve their 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 their, their concentration. Right. Um, so there's so many, but you know, I really I have to say, if I really 
kind of want to say who I've been attracting. Maybe it's because of me or who I have access to or who is I work with a lot of women. And the one thing that they come to me for is the monkey mind is negative self-talk. Mm. And Yeah, there's a lot of know, that out there, a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say that that is one of the most powerful things that I've experienced is really, again, getting control of your thoughts and emotions mm-hmm. rather than them having control of you. So I, I do tend to have, a, a, you know, a, a, a number of, I mean, men also have that, but women seem to focus more on it and be more in tune from, you know, my experience, you know, willing mm-hmm. to focus on that. So um, I have, you know, I have, I have, yes, so I have a client who right now who, you know, that I'm working with, and she's just had such, she was trying to start her home, her own business, and she mm-hmm. just kept sabotaging herself, mm-hmm. and she didn't, she didn't even notice her language. And also, first we, she came to me because she wanted to start a new career in this business, and she needed, but then we realized, well, you know, there's a lot of negative self-talk here, so what I'd like to work with you on is meditation, is mindful meditation, so you could start becoming more aware of the patterns of your mind and how you are self-sabotaging. That sounds so helpful because fear is a liar. Fear is a huge liar, but it pops up in our lives and tries to redirect us, and you have to really power through that. And I think there's something to what you said, that women in particular, we are very hard on ourselves. We compare, and we, I, I always tell people, run your own race. You know, be a horse with blinders on. It doesn't really matter what that person is doing over there or that they have a third kid. If, if you're overwhelmed with two, by all means, don't have three because everybody else is or don't, you know, just, just run your race, focus on yourself. And then we have so much change, you know, biologically, and we have so much emotion. And I think men do the same thing because I do have, you know, a lot of clients, whether it's for addiction and recovery or for life transitions, divorce, couples counseling, all of it, and then also addiction, recovery, molestation, trauma of all kinds, they just internalize it more. They don't talk about it. But women, you do find that negative self-talk, and they'll say it out loud. You know, you mm-hmm. can give a woman a compliment and say, your hair looks great. It's, oh, it's actually a little longer than I like, or it looks a little brassy. Do you think I should change the color? And I'm always telling people, just say thank you. Learn to accept the compliment and actually accept it inside of yourself that you're doing okay. And you're right. Women really do have an unbelievable amount of negative self-talk and a lot of it comes from media and comparisons and not feeling like they're enough because there are so many things that women do as, as business people, as mothers, as loved ones and daughters and sisters and all of those things and wives and parents. All right. It's right. huge. Right. And just, for, you know, again, five minutes a day, if you could just focus on your breath and when mm-hmm. you're thoughts wander, bringing it back, that is going to help you gain control. Because also, I, I do, I work with parents, and, mm-hmm. you know, they don't realize their patterns that aren't working. And by getting quiet for five minutes a day and noticing where their thoughts go and starting to become more aware and less judgmental of themselves, it, it, just, it starts happening from just sitting for five to, you know, 20 minutes a day. All of a sudden, you could be ready to, uh, you know, my, my one client is a mom. She said to me that after she was practicing for a few weeks, she noticed that every time she got on the phone with, with her teenage son, mm-hmm. 
actually, he was a little older. He was in college. So when she, he would call, you know, they would always, he would, she would just say something that would annoy him, and then da, 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 and then the conversation would just go awry, and they'd just hang up, and it would be so frustrating mm-hmm. when they really did love each other, and she really did want to know what he's doing. But she just started becoming more mindful of what she said to him, mm-hmm. and she created that pause in, within herself that I was telling you about earlier where she could choose to say this, or not say that. And then she could also, you begin to become a better listener. Mm-hmm. So she started letting him talk about the things that he wanted to talk about, and then she would just hold back her comments and her two cents, and just then she could choose to just say something encouraging rather than, you know, motherly and annoying. Right. <laughs> Jumping and down and saying, I mean, she Why honestly, you, yeah, exactly. you know, she really has, I mean, I've been working with her for like, oh, like a little over nine months. And she just said her relationship with her children have cha- has just changed immensely. That's huge. I would imagine even with very young children because, I mean, that one's a teenager going to college, you know, 18, 19, whatever he is, age-wise. But even with little kids, I know just, just from my practice and dealing with family sessions and family counseling that energy is very real and it's contagious. And I would think that having that chaotic energy at home, and I've witnessed that, that it it's transferred to the kids and then they wonder why they're acting out or why they don't have a relationship. But if they're cutting them off, as soon as the kid is saying, I was with Jessica today, or I was with Laura today, and they're jumping on the conversation, well, isn't that the girl that does this or does that? You have to say, can you kind of let her finish and stop asking right away, isn't that the one that's a bad influence, or isn't that? Just let them complete their thought and respond rather than react. Let them complete their thought, respond, and it's just that jumping down their throat kind of thing that I see a lot with parents, and I've had to teach the same, is just... You've got to practice some active listening and really lean back, listen, instead of coming up with what you're going to say next, listen, and then you'll be responding to what they said instead of reacting to what you feel because feelings aren't facts. They're just not, and that's really helpful. And with relationships with your spouse, it's the same thing. I have, you know, a couple of, you know, people I work with that and wanting to re- improve their relationships with their, with their honey. And mm-hmm. there's so many things that we become on autopilot about in our relationships. True. And, you know, you really need to be present. You know, you do, if, to not say things that are going to trigger or annoy or knowing if it's a good time to bring up a certain subject or should you wait a little while later so it's not all fired up right now or, just become more in tuned, and a lot of people also come in, you know, before they begin their practice. Is a lot of people have the answer before they listened to what the other person said. They're practicing right. in their mind the answer or their opinion. They're not coming with a beginner's mind, which is another one of the seven attitudes of mindfulness. Is coming <laughs> to situations with a beginner's mind, meaning that. You're open. You don't have the answer. You're going to listen. This is a very unique situation, moment. This is, there's, no, this is, there's only this moment, right? And right. it's happening for the first time every time. So to listen with a beginner's mind and to listen in the present moment, it improves relationships, oh, my God, a thousandfold. I really, I really like does. that, Erica. Listen with an, what was that? A beginner's mind. I love with that. a beginner's because mind. Everyone thinks they're an expert on something, and we're really... Right. 
We, I always tell my clients, you're the expert on your life. You know what you need most often intuitively, other than people who are suffering with addiction because they automatically are going to the opposite place, and that's when we need to retrain, rewire, create new pathways, all of that. But so often we are the expert. The one thing we're an expert on is our life. I know what's best for me. I know when I feel well. I know when I can't overextend myself or when I feel spread too thin and that it's time to do some self-care and have a spa day or just see a friend for lunch and just make sure I get out of my, my to-do, you know, that, that spinning cycle of just constantly creating. I love it. But sometimes it has to be, you know, living, coming from that beginner space that, yes, I'm the expert on when I need a break. They are the expert on themselves. But that beginner mindset that you don't know everything, and if you right. listen, you might learn it, is really, really great. I, I hadn't heard that expression, be coming in with a beginner's mindset. I really like it. And you know what's you so cool? You know what is so cool is that what? everything we're talking about, and we could go in so many different directions because, honestly, there's so many benefits to it. You know, studies about how, you know, you know people with, how, um, with psoriasis, you know, I, I could go in so many directions and how becoming, you know, having a meditation because it's an immune disorder and lessening your stress and how, you know, how it helps with autoimmune, you know, issues. And so no, we could go holistic. in a million directions, but we're not going to. Right, yeah. we, I guess we don't have time to go in so many directions. But the, <laughs> the coolest thing, Danielle, is that mm-hmm. it literally is so simple. It is just finding a quiet space. Like so many people come to me and go, oh, my God, no, 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 I can't meditate. I can't, I can't shut my mind off. There's no way, no way. I can't shut my mind off, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> in that kind of energy that I just did it in. And I said, that's right. You're not going to shut your mind off. All you're going to do is focus on your breath, and when those thoughts come, you're going to bring it back. And yeah, then you're going to know there. You're just using it differently. Right. And sometimes, you know, your thoughts become kind of in the, in the background, and your breath becomes a focus of, in the foreground because they don't really stop. The thing is, it's just when you notice your breath. And there's all kinds of techniques that I, of course, it's not, you know, there's te- lots of techniques that I have to help people, mm-hmm. um, you know, to bring their attention back to the present moment. But it really is just really very simple. And, you know, a lot of people say they don't have time for it. It's like, honestly, when you ask people, everyone always laughs in my sweet shops when I say, so does anybody here really, you know, think they don't have five minutes to give themselves this gift of Mm -hmm. breathing and focusing on their breath for five minutes? And everybody laughs. But it really is, you know, there's ways to create new habits. I mean, we learned how to brush our teeth every day. Hopefully, we're brushing our <laughs> teeth every day, right? So you kind of want to get it to a place where you've created this new habit that is kind of like brushing your teeth. Um, it's just kind of automatic, and when you don't do it and you leave the house without doing it, you feel like something's not right. Right, and something is not. If you're skipping right. that step, that's for, that's for absolute. Right, sure. right. And, you know, something you said to me also, we have a few minutes left. Talk to me about meditation on the pillow and off the pillow, because you've said it can be done in a car, right. you can do this. What, what do we mean by that, on the pillow and off the pillow? Okay, so I say on the pillow and off the pillow, and it's also more formally called Formal meditation and informal meditation. So formal meditation is when you're going to sit for certain, you know, find that quiet space and set your timer and sit for a certain amount of time with a purpose, a specific purpose of following your breath and doing the awareness of breath meditation. And then informal meditation is anything that you could do, little tricks, there's all kinds of, and they're very individualized. Mm -hmm. um, And I really help people find what works for them. But you could do it at any moment. You're washing the dishes and all of a sudden... 
So your thoughts are going, and you're thinking about this and that, and you're going down the rabbit hole of, you know, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. if you want to bring yourself in the present moment, all you have to do is like, oh, I'm washing the dishes. Let me feel the water. Is it cold? Is it hot? Oh, the lemony fresh smell of the, <laughs> you know, of the dish soap. Oh, with this glass, does it have any ridges? Does it, is it flat? Oh, look at that. You know, the light. Just paying attention. You just paying really attention and paying attention to be in the moment. And one of the, one of the big things that I love to do, I'm an avid hiker and I call, you know, hiking my natural Prozac. And <laughs> what I do is I bring people along on mindful hikes. And we use our five senses to bring ourselves into the present moment. So we're not hiking and just ruminating and letting our thoughts, we're becoming more um, present through our five senses. So we really do smell the air, look to see at the sky, look, at, look for, uh, I don't know, ladybugs and flowers and, um, you know, taste the air and what do you hear. So we really do, so that's another informal practice is mindful hiking, mindful walking. It's really just what can you do to bring yourself into the present moment. I like or that. I like how that. Many Being times... in a natural space, it's so holistic, Erica, just to be aware of the earth, aware of the, you know, when people do grounding and take their shoes off and stand sure. in the grass or on the dirt or touch a tree. I it helps, especially when your mind is racing and you live in the city and all of that. The Santa Monica Mountains are so beautiful and that is that is something to do. People do Runyon Canyon or where I live and, and it's the same thing and I, I've done it and it's beautiful. It's a great experience and you just get to sort of take in the scenery and there's so many beautiful spots where we live and I would think you know so many other places in the country are so beautiful where the night sky and less pollution and just all of the nature it's it's a really beautiful practice to have to do that sort of thing too I think that's very helpful very Absolutely. helpful it really is so that's off that's informal or off the pillow there's lots of ways to exercise your mind your brain to be in the present moment while you're doing everyday activities. I think that's so helpful. I think your message has been really powerful today, very empowering for people like myself that have trouble quieting the mind. And I thank you for being here today. I'd like to give out my email addresses, and I'll have you give your website again. Um, If anyone would like to reach out to me about this show or any topics I cover, um, write to me at therealdealwithdanielle at gmail.com. And my website, if you'd like to learn more about what I do, is Danielle Delaney Counseling at, oh, just DanielleDelaneyCounseling.com. And then on Twitter, you can follow me, it's Danny Delaney, that's I-T-S-D-A-N-I-D-E-L-A-N-E-Y. Instagram, Danny Delaney, and Facebook, Danielle.Delaney. So definitely, you know, check in with me, tune in, and uh, send a carrier pigeon, whatever works, but your message will get to me. And Erica, give out your website again before we sign off. My website is sweetscienceliving.com and my Instagram is Erica Sweet and the number followed by the number one. And if anybody would like to find out more about one-on-one or come to my website to see what events and classes I have coming up, I have. I'm going to be doing lots of things on the East Coast this summer, and otherwise I'm located on the West Coast, but I do a lot of one-on-one via the telephone. So there's lots of options, and if anybody has any questions about meditation or my services, please reach out. Fantastic. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I think it's helpful information for really your target audience is all humans. It's very healing and very (laughs) peaceful. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. And come back. Tune in next Tuesday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And every Tuesday, 
with, with The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney, and be well. Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to catch The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney live every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait for you to see what's in store next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.